My name is Rose Cortine and you're listening to the Talking Teenage Life podcast. This is a podcast that explores people's experiences in their teenage years and what they've learnt since. Welcome to the fourth podcast of this series, which is now turning into my lockdown series. At the start of lockdown, my family and I started watching Race Across the World, which is a BBC TV series. It involves five couples racing across the world to certain places with a limited budget. We were all hooked by it and watched the nine programmes of the second series in just over a week. We felt like we knew all of the participants by the end of the series but we particularly cheered on Jen and Rob husband and wife team from Reading. Thanks to the power of social media I connected with Jen and invited her onto my podcast. I'm beyond excited she agreed to let me interview her and I was so delighted to chat with her over Zoom as she sat in her garden. So hi Jen and welcome to Talking Teenage Life. Thank you for having me hello. Um, so Jen, I'm really excited to speak to you today. There's been recently a programme on the BBC called Race Across the World, which has been one of mine and my family's favourite TV shows. Oh, um, for those of my listeners who haven't watched it, what is Race Across the World? Crikey, it is a baptism of fire. So <laughs> basically, um, five pairs are tasked with travelling from Mexico City, and this is series two, so Mexico City, all the way down to the most southerly point uh, before, yeah, the, the end of the world, basically, Ushuaia. Um, so you've got to do that without taking any um, aeroplane transport, so it's all by land, by sea, by car, by tuk-tuk, by donkey, like however you can <laughs> get there. Um, on a very, very, very limited budget without cell phones, without, um, it's very American, without mobile phones, without um, good maps, without any technology, basically, without your yeah. bank cards, without Google. Um, so, yeah, so basically we had a budget of £1,400. Um, that's each. So, so yeah. um, we and I had that each. And, yeah, we had to get from Mexico to Ushuaia um, first. And winners got a cash prize of £20,000, so so much at stake. Yeah. Um. So how did you, like, get on it? What was the process of you getting on it? Oh, it's such a funny story, actually. Um. So basically, Robbie's sister lives in Singapore. So yeah. we were going on holiday to visit her, and we saw that there was a programme on television um, about Singapore. So we were like, fantastic, let's, let's watch it. Um, so we watched it, and it was the final episode, actually. Yeah. Um, so we watched that, and and um, yeah, just thought, gosh, like what an amazing program. Went off on holiday, um, came back and binged watched the whole thing. So all of them, like a, a couple yeah. of times, um, and we were absolutely hooked. You know, couldn't couldn't get enough. And yeah. Popped up saying, um, do you think you could do this? And literally before Robbie could say like, pop the kettle on, 
the literally I had like the, the application in front of me and I was like halfway through it I was like Robbie we're gonna do this video like say hi um and, and basically that it was it was such like a crazy like on the whim like that yeah um so yeah don't don't even know thank god we applied our video was so boring um but yeah, they obviously saw something in us, in, in our relationship, and, and we got to kind of continue in the process. And yeah, it was just the most fun ever. It was such a brilliant kind of casting process. We, we loved every second of it. Yeah. Um, so what did you think it would be like? I thought it would be so much easier. Oh, God. So honestly, I really did. Like I thought that the cameras would stop rolling and they would like give you a bottle of water, maybe even a glass of wine, that they'd give like yeah. they'd feed you, that they'd be like, right, pretend you're sleeping in this really awful hostel, but really you get to stay like in the Malmé sun. I genuinely thought that. Oh my god, no. Um it was so tough, it was so like hard, yeah. Um you're tired, you're hungry, you're out of your comfort zone, yeah. you can't speak the language. Um, you know, you're you're being pressured to make decisions um, that you don't feel comfortable kind of making really kind of quick decisions. So yeah. yeah, very tough, very challenging. But on the flip side of that, very amazing. Yeah. Um. So how like involved were the camera crew? Like, did they just film every like second of it, or did they give you like privacy? Every single second. Every second. So you had your microphone on all the time even when you're going to the bathroom all the time um you were filmed 99 percent of the time but of course you know you've got to charge the bathroom on the camera the crew yeah. have got to sleep so we did have you know little bits of time where um we weren't being filmed but that's when we slept um so yeah really intrusive like they were there all the time but do you know what you forget because you get so used to it um yeah of course you're racing so Robbie and I would just be off you know we'd be legging it and you kind of forget that it's just their job to kind of secretly follow you um so they're really good at being stealth they're really good at kind of making it not so obvious yeah. um the equipment they use is, is quite small and quite compact um so yeah you soon kind of um forget and I I you know I used to kind of say things to Robbie and and you like the, the sound bar would pop up and be like I heard that or like just big, big, big. you you would sometimes forget um so yeah gosh all the time all the time so were you did it like feel weird that did you ever like think gosh what I'm saying now is going to be like on live television <laughs> yeah well that, that's I think probably my problem I kind of forgot that a little bit so um you know i mean as a viewer of the show you've watched it and some of the things i said you probably are like horrified at them um because as was i but you know it's it's um it's really funny because you are so vulnerable like you're you as i said you're so tired and you're so out of your comfort zone um and and yeah like it's just really raw it's emotion is, is what you're feeling and that obviously is just amplified um so yeah so some of the things I said and then you know Robbie would be like remember Jen like where we are and I'd be like oh, you know <laughs> yeah um, but they're so good at kind of putting the show together and yeah lots of it didn't get seen you know if you think a leg for us was six or seven days and yeah we got about seven minutes so um thank god because there was a lot of <laughs> trash that was not tv worthy <laughs> um so what was your initial reaction when you found out like the last destination was in Ishwaya, like the bottom, like this most southern city in the world. 
but you had no idea where no, you were going. Even, no, we didn't even know where it was on a map. Um, and they'd given us this kind of map, and you know, we were well. First of all, couldn't even pronounce it. The only way we learned how to pronounce it is because Dom had a friend who had been to a nightclub with the same name in Ibiza. So he was like, oh, guys, I know how to say it. So that's how we learned how to say it. And then, yeah, we, we tried to find it on this map, and it wasn't on this map. And I think then Dom found it, and he was like, no, it, it can't be there. That was just too yeah. far. So um, all really very shocked. Um, and when you see it on a map, like, even now it amazes me. I remember Robbie and I were looking at something just the other day, and I kind of could see Mexico City on the map and, and Shuao on the map. And I just, I said, oh, that's really far, isn't it? Yeah. And Robbie was like, yeah. Like, um, it's just mind-blowing. I don't think the challenge really sets in until you do a distance and realise how long it took for such a tiny, tiny bit on the, on the yeah. map. Um, crazy. So crazy. How much travelling had you done before you went on the programme? I'd really not done much travelling at all, so I had never owned a rucksack, I'd never owned a pair of trainers, I'd never like backpacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but never been to the west, like never travelled um west. Um yeah. so yeah, relatively kind of not not travelled and inexperienced. Um so feel so lucky, feel really blessed. I didn't realise that um that kind of travel was for people like me. I feel so <laughs> privileged to have got to do that yeah, yeah. So, so not travelled at all really so what were you like expecting to like learn from or like get out of it and then looking back what were the, the main things you did learn from it so I guess the real reason that we wanted to go on was to kind of work on our relationship really Robbie and I um so obviously he'd had a, a couple of tough years and and I didn't really know how to support him and yeah. he didn't really know what support he needed. So we were kind of, you know, newly married and just bumbling our way through life and just putting our head in the sand and not really admitting that there was a bit of a communication breakdown. So we definitely wanted a challenge. We wanted to be forced to kind of work together, to cooperate, to learn about each other, to kind of like rediscover each other. Um, and on reflection, boy, is that what we got? Like... <laughs> 54 days together without a break you know it was um as a viewer again you'll know it was it was hard and it was tough you know for the first kind of half of the race um and we had that massive fight in La Paz I don't know if you remember in the bus station yeah everyone remembers that um and it was that was like the worst and the best moment for me because at that point I realized without Robbie and I working together like we're not going to make this we're not going to finish so yeah. that was a really amazing pinnacle kind of turning point because that's when we realized actually we're a team and if we don't work together we don't have a chance yeah. so that was an amazing lesson to kind of almost learn and I think from that point we just went from strength to strength to strength and on reflection one of the best things we have ever done like personally as a, as a couple and we're so happy now we just we just know how to be friends and how to be yeah. kind to each other like it's the best thing that we've ever done. Yeah. Um, so, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't um, watched the show, but you came second by, like, literally 20 seconds. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> how did that feel after, like, travelling across a whole continent, continent in, like, just under two months? How did that feel? 
see people think that actually we're really sad about it and people think like oh you must be so disappointed but actually it is an incredible achievement so yeah we we just wanted to finish we didn't really care even if it was six weeks after everybody else had gone home we just wanted to finish yeah um, so, so kind of finishing uh, amazing finishing second to one of the most like inspirational teams ever meeting yeah. um those boys are just incredible people and they're kind and they're generous and they're successful and, and you know they're well traveled they take part in all these crazy kind of adventures and Emon's like climbed every mountain there is you know so wow. to come yeah and nice to come second to a, a power team was just like the second compliment really so yeah, yeah it was a bit annoying and a, and a bit sad yeah but, um, 20 seconds like it's just Jen and Rob from Reading and you know to, to be 20 seconds behind yeah. just amazing people that was just like that was the real win knowing that we actually had a real chance and we gave it our all and we came so close that in in our eyes was kind of like winning we were yeah. so proud of ourselves so proud so did like the other teams almost inspire you as like you and Robbie as a team gosh absolutely they are incredible people and we're friends now like we we chat now um we have a whatsapp group and we're always kind of like zooming yeah. um they're amazing people all for their own kind of reasons you know um michael and Chantel for just dealing with what happened so well and so kind of how do you cope with like yeah the race so quick and, and having that kind of event happen to you um Lizzie and Dom just because I mean they're so normal and they're so resilient and yeah. everything that happened to Dom and, and they just cracked on and got on with it and you know we're in the finale um I mean Joey's just a hero Joey's yeah. an absolute hero and, and Sam is just kind of like the naughty boy who just brought so much fun <laughs> and so much kind of joy to us and and yeah Ima and Jamil kind of we've touched on but what incredible people um and we feel so privileged to be their friends and we would never have met in normal circumstances. So to yeah. be able to share that bond with just such an amazing, like diverse group of people, it's just yeah, it's just so special. Yeah. So do you think that the experience of like traveling all of South America has made you want to like travel and experience more things like that? A hundred percent. We're already planning our next adventure. So we quite fancy kind of heading east. We quite fancy um malaysia or thailand you know we quite fancy doing a bit of um backpacking but maybe rather than spending like five pounds on a hostel i might you know spend you know 15 <laughs> and i might eat uh, this yeah time. um but yeah definitely we're long gone are all inclusives where we sit by the pool which is lovely that's a yeah way to the world but um i just don't think we'd be satisfied with that we want to be um where the locals are we want to be with the homestays you know, yeah and like get the real experience yeah absolutely so i think it's really changed the way that we um we travel definitely yeah so were there do you think there were like times when you felt like you just wanted to go home or like give up yeah oh god yeah so um after we got to um copan ruinas which was the first checkpoint in yeah. 100 <laughs> I remember kind of coming down on on the day that we left and kind of, you know, you just get your bag and you've just, you've had a crazy week and then you've had um, a good sleep, you've had a good meal, you've had a shower, kind of get back to normality, yeah. you get clothes. And then it dawns on you that you've got to go through all that again. And I remember just crying, 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 crying. And um, one of the directors kind of said to me, like, <laughs> 
I, I, do you want to leave? And Robbie yeah. said, we're not leaving. Just get to the end of today. And then, you know, if you want to leave tomorrow morning, we'll think about it. So I was like, right, okay. So, you know, got through that that day. Yeah. And then he said, right, so we're not going to leave today. Just just get to the end of, you know, now today. And yeah. if you want to leave tomorrow, fine. And before I knew it, like, we were at checkpoint two and I'd done, like, a whole other leg. Yeah. So at that point, definitely wanted to leave. But didn't really want to let anyone down. Didn't want to let myself down. So just yeah. kind of took it one day at a time. And then before you know it, you're just like... Oh, it's a bit sad that we're leaving. Yeah. yeah, that's it. And, but then you're like, oh, we're in the final. Like, so, yeah. so yeah, we did have <laughs> like that moment. But um, thank God for Robbie, because had he not have said, you know, come on, just one more day. I, I don't know. <laughs> have a stay, you know. Yeah. So one of the things like you have to do to um to actually like be able to get to each checkpoint is you have to work to get money, so you are then able to afford like the hostels and food and everything so what would you say is your like was your favorite place that you worked at oh such a great question um there's a there's a couple um so i loved working at the bear sanctuary and looking after yeah. the bear that was amazing i just love pets so much i know bears aren't pets <laughs> but I just, I just love animals so much yeah. that was a really special day for me that was really great um so that was brilliant um another highlight which actually you guys didn't get to see so when we were traveling through uruguay i want to say yeah Rob, right montevideo montevideo yeah so yeah so yeah we uh, i don't even now i've been to these places i don't even know my geography it's terrible um so yeah we we ran a meat store for a day which was so hilarious um so robbie was like there doing all the barbecue cooking and i was like yeah. putting all the orders through and serving on the table so that was an amazing day just to be part of um the culture and the restaurant and their family and they just took us under their wing that, that was brilliant yeah. um, costa rica is also a really amazing one where we worked on the coffee plantation yeah and the final one was when we worked with Stephen, and that was in patagonia in the pine forest yeah and um that was breathtaking to be like driving tractors around in a pine forest with snow-cut mountains but with the sun yeah. beating your face there are no words like it was incredible so they're like the ones that stick out in my mind the most yeah what was like the food like there like in all the different places gosh well i guess if you ate really great but we just did not spend any money on food at all we would go to the supermarket and we'd get like a a little um bag of mini bread rolls <laughs> and we'd buy a tin of tuna and we'd make that last for a week. And if we were lucky, we'd go on a bus and bus would be given like out free crackers. Um, yeah. Like crackers, like fill your bags. Um, in fact, there was this one time we were on a bus and they actually provided a hot meal. So I was like, oh my God, no way. So I put all my stuff on the seat opposite me and I pretended that two more people were sat there. So I was like, these two people have just gone to the toilet, but you know, they're going to want to eat. So they left meals for these people. And I was like, Robbie, guess what I've done? So we had two meals, which was so mm. cheap, but um, genius. And yeah. I wish we'd gotten to eat, um, but we didn't really have a chance to kind of partake in, in local cuisines, apart from when yeah. we stayed at homestays. And they yeah. always make us the most delicious of, of dinners. So um, I wish we'd tried more, but yeah, we didn't really get that experience, which is so yeah. sad. You just have to go back again. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Um, so what would you say was like 
some of the highlights of that trip like the places you visited yeah oh my days again there are so many so um just the biggest highlight ever in the world for me is is finishing is making it is getting yeah. to the I cannot describe that feeling when um, Lizzie and Dom and Jamil and Iman and Robbie and I were stood literally the end of the world looking yeah. out, um, hugging each other, just thinking like we'd made it. It was just, it was the best feeling in the world ever. So that, that was incredible. What a highlight. Yeah. Um, the Agazu Falls were a massive highlight. That is spectacular. I cannot even put that into words. Like what my eyes saw that day. Oh, breathtaking um yeah and again patagonia was amazing um belize was amazing i could tell you like we'd need like 20 days to go over highlights like, just the whole thing is just so mind-blowing i cannot believe we got to do it i feel so lucky and so privileged yeah brilliant um so we only like the last bit we saw was like everyone just finishing the race and then like, yeah. they obviously didn't have time so what happened after you all finish the race it's so boring so we finished um robbie and i got in at like 11 30 in the morning so we then filmed until i think it was probably um like nine o'clock that evening so we filmed you know just picking up bits that we'd missed doing little bits of yeah. the route and just to kind of get some images um and then we rammed a toastie in our faces um and then i went for a shower rock and roll um, yeah and then had like a little meet um in the hotel and um we shared like joe dizzy and i uh, shared like a bottle of wine um and just kind of chatted and then we went to bed and then we were up the next day at four o'clock because our flight home was at seven so Hi. actually nothing happened yeah. <laughs> a massive anti-climax because i think there was going to be like a big party and i think we were going to be able to stay for like a couple of days yeah we'd taken so long to finish um, we'd overran, um, and oh, basically right. we just had to get back. So, um, yeah, so sad and so boring. I'd love to say like we had a massive party and everyone just got drunk and like jumped in the sea, but um, <laughs> we actually just had a shower and went to bed. <laughs> we were so tired. Yeah. Um. So moving on to talking about your teenage years, when you were a teenager, did you ever like see yourself like traveling or like doing anything like that? absolutely no 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 I I didn't go to university I didn't do very well in school I left school and just went to work because I just I just I don't know I, I didn't really realize that traveling and, and things like this were for people like me you know I, I grew up in one place I lived yeah. there my entire life um no gosh no not at all and to be honest with you it was only really when I met Robbie and, and we met in Lincoln, where, where I'm from. Yeah. So it's only really when I met Robbie that he kind of um, showed me that there was more world out there. And he yeah. was like, we're going to go to Italy. And I was like, we can't go to Italy. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. Like, I can't do that. And, and the next thing, I'm in Italy. And then, you know, he says the next thing. And then he's like, we're going to move to Lancashire. And I'm like, I can't move to Lancashire. I've moved here my life. And he's like, well, I'm going. So you either come with me. And the next thing I know, like, I live in Lancashire and it's, it's only really when I met him that he just I don't know he just opened my mind to things which sounds so ridiculous um but yeah it was it was only really when I met him that I started living so and no exploring things exactly right I I never ever would have said that this would be me never 
Um, so what did you enjoy doing as a teenager then? Gosh, again, this is a really terrible question because I, I just was the most boring person ever. So I, I really applied myself at school. Like I was, I was really proud of kind of my work at, at school. Yeah. So I did do particularly well, you know, I'm not very academic, but um, I just, I just really took pride in, in homework. I took pride in kind of extracurricular activities. I took pride in things like, um, you know, when you're um, a prefect or when yeah. you know, kids come to school and, and you want to kind of look after them and, and you know, teach them. Yeah, about that help them. I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I really kind of applied myself. I was, I was a good egg and I, I, I liked doing things like that. Um, my mum and dad are complete crazy so weekends would be spent like having parties and having like friends around in the garden and just having yeah just like garden parties and karaoke yeah we get to go on like holidays um to, to spain and um, you know we, we do that so i was very lucky but very um uninteresting like teenage years were were very dull um learned to drive and just used to go and, and take drives just to kind of get out of the house and where we lived was really remote in our village there were four houses and a phone box don't forget the phone box um, <laughs> very important. Was, yeah very important um because that's before we had mobile phones I can tell you. so <laughs> I, it was just really boring it was just kind of lots of time with my family and and that that's it kind of school work and and that really is it so boring <laughs> So did you have any um, siblings? Yes. So I have got a brother. Um, his name is Daniel and um, he is turning 30 this year. So excited. Um, and then my mum uh, met my stepdad when I was about six. So um, he has two children from his previous marriage. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's me and mum and dad and Daniel. Um, and then we've got two stepsisters, Emma and Hannah, from, from his marriage. So we're a tiny, tiny family. Yeah. Really they all still live back in Lincolnshire and obviously I've moved down now to Berkshire. Yeah. Um, so I don't really get back to see them an awful lot, but um, thank God for kind of, you know, features like that. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah, we're a, a really tiny family. So were you like close as a family then? Very close, yeah, because because there were only a, a couple of us. Yeah. Um, and my nan died really recently and, and, you know, we were really close to her. So a lot of my time would just be spent with her, you know, just yeah. Um, just watching tv or oh we used to <laughs> she had this really old-fashioned bureau and yeah. I just it was amazing it was like a nail bar it was incredible it was like a nail bar before you know all the shellac and all that stuff yeah um, so we just really ridiculous like do each other's nails like we'd just go shopping um yes we, we, it was it was just us we spent an awful lot of time together kind of as a, as a family um so yeah really close little tiny but yeah close nice See? family oh, <laughs> can't forget the dog. the dog no so would you say you were closer to your dad or your stepdad when you were growing up oh I don't even know who my dad is like oh. he, he, um yeah he left when I was born basically yeah um, and obviously my stepdad who I I call dad so whenever I refer yeah. to dad that's who I mean um he kind of yeah he he joined the family and I think yeah I think Daniel was four and I no I think was he four yeah maybe like three or four and I was kind of like yeah. seven or eight so he you know he's dad he's brought me yeah. up um, he taught me how to drive he um gets me out of even now I'm 34 now gets out of really sticky situations like basically <laughs> dad was good cop and mum was bad cop 
yeah. and I would just get myself into so much trouble and I would just always call dad and he would come and save me and just never tell mum ever. Um, I remember once he took me on a driving lesson and we were gone for hours and hours and mum was like, it's getting really late, Like you need to come home yeah. now. We'd not done any driving because what had happened is I had driven to the petrol station bumped into the petrol station thing, burst all the tyres in the car, and we'd actually spent the whole night in the garage, like, secretly getting new tyres without telling mum. So <laughs> so that's basically what we used to do. Yeah. Mischief. Dad would, like, help me out. Mum still didn't even know till this day. <laughs> what were your career aspirations when you were younger? Yeah, see, again, I never had any. Honestly, because I just didn't realise that people like me could have careers. It sounds so silly to say. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to school and, you know, did my hardest, you know, tried my hardest at school. Um, I went to college, but then dropped out after a year because I just yeah. couldn't see anything coming of it. So I actually studied um, performing arts and media. Um, so it was, you know, ridiculous. It was all about <laughs> prancing around in costumes and <laughs> being ridiculous so I thought this is not going to get me anywhere let's just go and get a job so yeah. um yeah worked I actually went and worked at Butlins the big holiday resort yeah um and I was in red coat there for I think four years or five years so I just I went straight to work really yeah um, and and yeah that's kind of when I when I was at Butlins I kind of started getting to know who I was and kind yeah. of you know, what what my identity was and who I was as a person, um, and realised that I had a love for kind of um, not being the centre of attention, but just I, I don't know. I I had a lot of friends and I liked to socialise. Yeah. Um, I liked to kind of be abreast of what was going on. I liked to be you know where the social situations were at. Um, I love performing. I love kind of entertaining and and people. I just love people so much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, then kind of left Butlins and, and had a few jobs. Um, and then only really recently, um, when I joined the John Lewis Partnership, yeah. did I actually realise that I, I could have a career. Because I've always just had jobs and just floated and earned enough to yeah. have, but never really had any kind of aspirations. And then now that I work for John Lewis, and I love it so much, and only now really... Um, do I see a bit of a path that I can kind of start yeah. to kind of carve out? So I think only in the last kind of three years um, have I even given thought to the fact that I could maybe even have a career. So yeah. very, very early days. And I've been in this job now that I'm in for, for two years um, and just love it so much. And, and just, yeah, I really feel now like John Nurse is, is the place for me. And yeah. um it's a great company to work for and I think to be honest with you I'll probably stay there forever because I just I just love it so much so yeah. I think now is the start of my career I think it kind of starts today yeah so what is your job now oh, it's a really great job actually it sounds so boring to other people but I love it because of the people element so yeah. um I'm responsible for 14 John Lewis branches and my job is to recruit for them so to provide yeah. all of the partners um so that is you know Oh, it's, it's so brilliant. It's um, meeting with my branches and just kind of just looking at um, where they are, kind of, you yeah. know, location wise, um, what kind of people we have around. So looking at kind of attraction strategies. And then once we've decided how to attract people, looking after the people, kind of taking yeah. them through the recruitment process, um, interviewing people, kind of writing job descriptions, just like a really um, HR recruitment kind of yeah. focus 
role but um I love it so much because I just chat to my branches every day and yeah. then people are just my favorite and I just love the relationship building side of things and um yeah oh gosh I love it so much isn't that so boring who likes work but I really do there's so yeah. amazing people um yeah I feel really lucky to kind of be in, in this position yeah so um how hard was it to settle back into like your job and like back to normal after your experience at, at race across the world that is such a good question so we got back um it was like the 16th of November or something. So so basically we had like a couple of weeks and then we were on Christmas. Yeah. That was really nice because we just had like a nice like, oh, let's get back and find out what's been going on. Oh, then we've got some more time off. So that was lovely. Yeah. And we didn't really go back until January. Um, and yeah, for me, again, it was um, it was nice because I wanted to hear what had been going on. Um, a massive role for us at work is preparing for Christmas and recruiting for all of the yeah. Christmas um and obviously I'd missed all of that so I wanted to know how that had gone so I actually really found it nice to, to go back and everybody was asking because nobody knew where we'd been yeah what did you get up to where did you travel to have you got any photos and of course I couldn't say anything so yeah I, I loved all of that um and yeah then when the show came out and I could tell people that was amazing because people would be like hang on a minute like you know putting two and two together yeah so, um it was really nice to be back. Actually, I feel fortunate that I was happy and, and ready to go back. Um, it was lovely, and everyone was really pleased to like see me back. So yeah. it's it really nice. Yeah. Um. So we're actually like coming to the end of our podcast. Oh no! <laughs> so I've got one final question for you. So, what would you tell your teenage self? What would I tell my teenage self? Oh gosh, it's a tricky one. Um, I think I, I think I would give her a piece of advice. I think I would say just um, believe in yourself and just believe yeah. in your capabilities, um, and just say yes to everything. Like I can't even what like that piece of advice. I I before the race was such a no person. Like I dismissed everything. Um, yeah. Do you want to do this? No. Like do do you want to try this? No. Um, and then, like in the race, like you had to do these things, like canoeing. Yeah. Like it's a really silly example. I've had the opportunity to canoe all my life, and I've been like, no way, I can't swim. I yeah. don't, I'm not like it. Canoed on race across the world. Turns out, like I love canoeing, and like, I'm such a great canoer. So I would just say, just like say yes to everything. Try everything once. Like, because if do you don't it. like it, that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. You might just really love it. So believe in yourself. Um, believe in your ability and your capability and and just always aim for more and always do your best and just say yes and try everything once that is what I wish to kind of go back and and tell myself yeah well thank you so much for doing this podcast with me welcome I love chatting to you thank you and please keep in touch with me and um yeah I just can't wait to see what you become and, and what you kind of get up to so yeah keep me updated Okay, thank you. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed listening to Talking Teenage Life podcast and that this discussion has inspired you. Please remember to subscribe via your usual podcast provider. 
We'd love you to leave a review online and don't forget to visit www.talkingteenagelife.com to find out what we're up to.